Welcome to the Man Cave Podcast. I'm Dan Casper, and I will be your host, guiding you through every episode. We'll mostly talk sports, but we'll also throw in some entertaining, fun, and even some weird topics and conversations. Plus, you'll never know who will be joining me in each episode. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Man Cave. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here, your host, as always, for every single episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in. However, you are tuning in to each episode of the podcast. Oh, man, we got uh, got lots to catch up on here in this episode of the pod. Uh, we're going to chat a little. Well, first of all, we're going to recap the NFL draft. Going to recap that. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, the Packers picks and, and a couple of drafts that uh, I, I thought a couple teams did well. We don't grade. I don't grade. I think grading right now is dumb unless the the only possible way you can grade drafts is based off of potential, in my opinion. We don't know how these players are going to perform. We don't know if they're going to be good pros or not. Uh, the players that people think are not going to be good might be great. You, you can't do that right i mean you, you just can't so the only way you can actually like if you're going to grade something you got to grade it on potential you know potential of the player the uh what they what their outlook could look like even that's kind of a crap shoot i mean or you can like grade it like oh yeah this this fit team needs here so that's why they get an a you know stuff like that but i, I don't like grading drafts right after they happen i can i mean but i i, I will say that I like draft classes based off the intrigue level and, and that sort of thing and, and needs filled. So uh that's there was a couple um you know, a couple of teams that kind of really stood out to me and then obviously I want to touch on uh touch on the Packers one there too. Uh so we're gonna hit up that and with it uh being draft a little uh little somebody asked me this the other day about uh, like sports movies. I know that's like sports movies is like a topic that freaking gets overplayed and and done, you know, over over everybody talks about that, whether it's in a show or podcast or or whatever have you. Um but the thing is, I'm going to do a little bit of a little bit of a spin here. All right, I'm going to do a little bit of a spin here. I'm going to draft my favorite sports movies based off the sport. So not the best overall but based off the sport. So, like, in my opinion, best football movie of all time, best basketball movie of all time, that sort of thing. That That's what this draft's going to be about. And I know, I'll just tell you right now, my picks, not going to be in the majority. They're probably not going to be in the majority of this thing. So you guys can yell at me and, and gripe at me and, and cuss, whatever the whatever it is you do when, when you're listening to this uh uh, to this podcast so we got that coming up here hey uh depending on where you're at but since we record this podcast in uh the great state of wisconsin got a fishing opener coming up and i got a little you know if you listen to the radio program i got a little grind my gears when it comes to fishermen and i'm one of them but there's something about there's something that a lot of fishermen do that i don't do and i know I get it to an extent, but I think it gets over overdone. Uh, people take it way too far. Tell you what that is coming up. 
And then uh, we've got playoffs going on for, for hoops. Can we just freaking call Giannis? Giannis Antetokounmpo, the best player in the in the league. I don't understand why some some national people out there have a quote-unquote hard time. I shouldn't say quote-unquote because that wasn't a quote. They don't, they don't have a hard – why they have a hard time acknowledging that Giannis is the best player in the league or quote-unquote not going to go there. I think you guys know who I'm talking about. Stephen A. Smith right there. I mean, come on. How much more does Giannis have to do to prove he's the best player in the league? How much more? I'm going to get into that too. We lead off this podcast doing a quick uh, draft recap. So a couple teams that I thought really stood out to to me in this draft. Um, Everybody loves the Jets draft class, loves what the Jets did with this draft. Three first round picks moved back in uh, to to the first round here uh, to to get you know three picks there, and 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 I gotta agree with pretty much the majority here. I really liked what the Jets did with with their draft. Grab needs, but also potential big time players. You got Gardner the corner, you got Wilson the wide receiver. You trade it back up to get an edge rusher in Johnson. Then you get perhaps the best running back in the draft from Iowa State early in the second round. So I, I, I loved this this draft from the Jets. This gives Jets fans a lot of hope, a lot of excitement. You know, when you that that's what a lot with this draft, I think, for fans in, in any draft in any sport, but especially like football, it gives fans a lot of excitement and hope if your team has been struggling for a while. You get high draft picks, right? You get a chance to get what we, who we think is the best college football players out there. And if you are a Jets fan, you've got to be pretty damn psyched up for, for this class or or really pumped up about the potential here. Because, I mean, you come away with three first-round picks at positions of need, potential playmakers. I mean, your GM, Douglas, wasn't afraid to go out there and be aggressive and make some moves and get the guys in, uh, get the guys that they wanted. I mean, that's got to get you motivated. That's got to get you excited. Robert Sala, the head coach, has got to be pumped up about that, seeing his GM making those moves, trying to get him as many playmakers as possible. Now it's up to Robert Sala to get it done now it's up to him but Garrett Wilson Brees Hall Sauce Gardner Jermaine Johnson last year you get Zach Wilson you got Elijah Moore I mean if you're a Jets fan you gotta be feeling good and I feel like this was kind of maybe a conversation that that Browns fans had a few years ago too you know a lot of moves aggressive moves and and that but I think the Jets they I really liked what they did I really did, and you know, I know everybody else is picking them too, but it's hard not to when you look at that. And I just think seeing Douglas, the GM, be that aggressive, I think that's a big sh- uh, confidence booster within that team, within that franchise, and within that fan base too. Um, Here's the thing. The one draft I think people are really not kind of, kind of like giving a little bit of credit to I really liked what the Eagles did, and I know they didn't do maybe a whole lot, but I think you do have to factor in the trade for A.J. Brown. I think you have to factor that into this. 
So you get A.J. Brown. You get perhaps the best defensive lineman in the league in Jordan Davis. And we know Philly, I mean, big reason they won the Super Bowl a few years ago was that defense, was that defensive line. He's going to be next to Fletcher Cox there for a little bit. Nicobe Dean, some people are calling it a, a bad pick third round. I mean, he was a first-round talent, dropped all the way to the third round. But I feel, and, and yes, there's the injury concerns with him. But you got to know the Eagles did their work. They looked into it. Eagles, historically, they're not, you know, they'll, they'll take some gambles there. It's a gamble. But if that pick works out as a third rounder, that's a huge win. So when you factor in Dean, Jordan Davis, and A.J. Brown, I love those selections trades for, for the Eagles. A little bit of a mixture of uh, dudes who can help you out right now, be impact players for you right now, and then maybe a little bit, you know, protection for the years coming too. So I thought they hit it. I thought they hit it really well on both ends there. So shout out to the Eagles and Howie Roseman for for getting that job done. Uh, Green Bay. Now, Green Bay. What an interesting uh, debate it's been the last few days. It seems like that the fans of Green Bay really like this draft. S- draft analysts who come out with grades seem to like Green Bay's draft. But we've got like national football analysts, some out there, kind of coming out saying, "Oh, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I, I got to be upset." Or this isn't. How does this help Aaron Rodgers? You got to go out there and, and get that wide receiver. Okay, I wanted a wide receiver in the first row. I wanted Green Bay to get Chris Olave. Did Green Bay have some draft capital to move up to get him? Yes, they did. They absolutely did. But at the same time, they didn't do it. Okay. They got two impact players that are going to help out this defense right away. Clay Walker and then Wyatt. But, did I say Clay Walker? You guys know what I mean, Quay Walker. Sounds like Clay, Quay. Uh, and then they move up in the second round and get Christian Watson. And, and that to me is so fascinating because there's some people like saying, oh, you know, did they give up too much to get Watson? But you look at some of the damn mocks. I think Mal Kuyper Jr. had him in the first round to begin with. He was like a hovering between a first, second-round pick. Green Bay moves up early in the second, and everybody's like, oh, shit. What did they do? They moved up. They paid too much to get him. If they were to draft him at 28th, would, would people feel better about that pick then or something? I mean... I get it. I love. I would have loved Chris Olave. I thought he would be a good fit within this offense. Green Bay didn't elect to do it. They elected to really fortify that defense. I mean, on paper, that Packers defense is the best defense Aaron Rodgers has ever had. May even be better. First time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he's heading into a season where the defense on paper is better than his offense. Were they big-time needs there? No. But you know what? Green Bay's finally got too deep at every damn position on that defense. So to sit there and say Green Bay should have got a wide receiver in first round is a lazy, ridiculous argument. Now, if you want to say they should have traded up and, and got a Chris Olave, okay, you got something there. But just to make a blanket, empty statement to say Green Bay should have gotten a wide receiver in the first round, well, well, no, that doesn't make, I, I I don't know what you're saying. Be more specific to just say, oh, they should have got a receiver in the first round. 
It didn't work out that way. So you're going to knock it because a lot of teams only had six receivers with the first-round grade, six, seven receivers, depending on, you know, Christian Watson was probably at that edge of a, you know, of a first and second. And I, I know that there's reports that Green Bay tried to trade up in the first, 30-second pick to get him. To me, does that mean that Brian Gutekunst initially had a first-round grade on him? No, it doesn't necessarily mean that. I think that's more of a strategy poll by Green Bay saying, okay, we're going to trade to get that final pick, then we get an extra year for that wide receiver, that fifth-year option. And that was the other report, too, is that Minnesota didn't want to give a fifth-year option to, to Green Bay. So that 32nd, 31st pick right at the back end, those are f- normally like first or second round type players. But it's that fifth-year option that really comes into play there. So when I hear six receivers with first-round grades, I'm thinking six guys selected in the top 20, top 22, somewhere around there. And you know what? All of them were gone by then. But this this narrative that, you know, Aaron should be upset, Packers didn't do anything to help Aaron, yada, yada. It's getting overplayed. I mean, Baltimore, they got Bateman. They traded Hollywood Brown on draft day. Where's the talk about not surrounding Lamar Jackson with more offensive help? No, let's praise their draft because they got a safety, which was a great pick. They got a great center. But you don't hear anybody talking about Baltimore not giving Lamar Jackson enough receiver help because it's so easy to talk about with Aaron Rodgers because, you know, the drama, the drama. I don't get it. Don't get it. Again, I would have loved Chris Olave. If they would have traded up to draft Chris Olave, I would have been pumped. Was the first two picks as sexy as a big-time wide receiver? Hell no. I mean, when they were selected, I was like, oh, okay. But then you really look at it, it's like, damn, that defense should be good. Should be good. They got some depth now. Defense can help Aaron Rodgers win games. I mean, for crying out loud, we can't sit there and say one year, well, if Aaron Rodgers just had top 15 defense, he could win. Green Bay's going to have top five defense now. Okay? Can't sit there and say he needs defensive help. And then when they get defensive help, oh, he needs that. that no, no, no. He needs offensive help. Stop it. Stop it. Let it play out. All right, my vent's over there. Woo. Got a little animated there. All right, quick break here. And then uh, coming up, I'm going to get a little bit more animated. I'm going to talk some Giannis. Why Giannis, the Greek freak, and Tedekupo should be labeled the best player in the NBA after this break. I wake up early every morning, and the first thing I do is turn on the coffee maker. I need that caffeine to get my rise and grind going. But coffee wasn't just doing it anymore. I needed an extra kick. That's when I found Ghost Energy. First of all, the name stood out. I mean, come on, Ghost, Casper, you get it. But the main thing for me was the sugar. There's none and only five calories per can. See, I was never a fan of energy drinks because of all the sugar in them. But with Ghost Energy Drink, I don't have to worry about that. Plus, I get a little nostalgia because of their flavors like Orange Creamsicle, Sour Patch, and Warheads. Hey, rise and grind, people. Grab a ghost and dominate the day. The Man Cave Podcast is hitting the road and recording episodes at your favorite locations. But we needed a little bit of help moving around the equipment from location to location. So we brought in the experts from Dan the Moving Man. Whether we're broadcasting locally or from a longer distance... 
Dan the Moving Man is with us every step of the way. And that could go for you as well. Dan the Moving Man is the moving service you can count on. They offer a wide range of moving-related services to help better serve you. So when you see us in the Man Cave podcast out on the road at your favorite locations, it's because of the help that we received from Dan the Moving Man. And you can get that same help. Just visit danthemovingman.com for more information. NBA playoffs are going on right now, and as of this recording, the Bucks and the Celtics getting ready for Game 2 tonight. Uh, Bucks taking Game 1 against the Celtics. Still no Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton not going to be in this series, potentially not even in the conference finals if the Bucks make it that far. But the other day, Stephen A. Smith from the mothership, ESPN, was asked, you know, is, is the Greek freak, is Giannis the best player in the league right now? And his comment was like, I can't, I can't go there. Why the hell can't you go there? Why can't you just sit there and admit that the Greek freak is clearly the best player in the league? No offense to Jokic, Embiid, LeBron, Tatum, whoever you want, KD, whoever the hell you want to throw out there. Giannis is the best player in the league. He does it on both ends, defense, offense. He's got the personality. He's a guy you can sell because that's all about marketing, right? He's a guy you can market. He's a guy you can sell. But he's just a damn good player. I get it. You know, is he a a three-point shooter like a Steph Curry? No. Can he chuck up 35 to 40-foot three-pointers in transition and knock them down on a regular basis? No. Does he go consistently like 9 of 30 from the field just because he chucks up shots? No. He's perfectly content if he goes 18 points, but he has 18 rebounds and a couple assists, but most importantly, his team wins. He doesn't do that that often, but we've seen it. He's humble. He doesn't cause drama. He doesn't really, you know, the, the liners that he does have or the sound bits that he does have, They're not drama-fueled. They're humble. They're motivating. But that doesn't get the headlines. The only time you see, you know, Giannis trending on Twitter from a soundbite is like it's a motivating thing or it's a very humble thing, but you don't see it in the headlines. That's not what sells. That's not what gets people riled up. That's not what gets people talking about Giannis. It's It's other crap. Giannis doesn't have the best mid-range game. He doesn't have the best three-point game. That's obvious, Captain Obvious. He's got the best inside game. He's the best at driving in the hole. He's one of the best defensive players in the league, as evidenced by his Defensive Player of the Year award a couple years ago, being on all defensive player teams. The dude is the best player in the league. He's the most scariest player in the league. You know, Shaq was scary during his prime. I mean, you're talking about a seven foot one, three hundred pound man who could run the floor. Giannis is what six ten, six eleven, two forty. I'm just I'm purely speculating on this, but to see that guy running at you, duh, I don't want any part of that. Nope, I don't want any part of that. This guy, there should be nothing wrong with calling Giannis the best player in the league. Nothing. It's just. For a couple different reasons. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's because he plays in Milwaukee. It's the Milwaukee market. Uh, Okay, maybe that's like on the list of top five. But I don't think that's the main thing. 
I think it's because, one, he's not drama-fueled. I mean, he doesn't have the sound bites. He doesn't, you know, shoot up these transition threes that everybody talks about now because it's a three-point shot. You know, the, the game now, the NBA game now, is if you can't hit three-pointers, well then, you know, what's wrong with you? Got to hit three-pointers. Got to hit three-pointers in transition. You can't. What what the heck's going on with you? You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I, I, I hate this talk that, you know, and I hate to play the disrespect card because I think that, that gets so overblown and that gets, you know, people just bust that card out a lot. And and it's hard to say that Giannis gets the disrespect card when he's, you know, won a couple MVPs, NBA Finals and, and all that. It's hard to say that. But, I mean, it come on. We all watch it. We all see it. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the best NBA player in the league. Bar none. Bar none. I'm, tar- I'm starting a team right now. Giannis is my number one pick. The most unselfish superstar in the league. Case closed. Case closed. Face of the league. He should be. Just my thoughts. Uh, before we take that break here, so I uh, was asked the other day about you know best sports movies or favorite sports movies or or anything like that, and I'm like, oh, that everybody has that question, right? Everybody talks about that for crying out loud. Everybody's got you know, an opinion. It just kind of gets, it's one of those that gets overplayed. So I thought, okay, it's we're recapping the draft on the next pod. What if we did a little bit of a draft, but different, you know, sports movies like best basketball movie, best football movie, et cetera, et cetera. Make it a little bit different. So this was a listener question. Favorite sports movie. Um, So I actually did it in terms of best basketball, best football, best baseball, best hockey, best boxing, best golf. The reason I took those six because, well, I mean, three or four of them are probably the most popular sports in, in, you know, our country, USA. And then, you know, boxing and golf, there's a ton of movies made on those sports, right? So that's why I selected those six. I'm going to start with golf, with a movie I think does not get any respect. And no, it's not Caddyshack with Rodney Dangerfield, if you know your respect jokes in history like that. Everybody's going to pick Caddyshack or Happy Gilmore. And I got no problem with that. Caddyshack, I love that movie. Love that movie. But the movie that I think gets a little bit underappreciated in terms of golf and kind of is in the shadow, even though it made a boatload of cash, I think it's like the highest grossing golf movie of all time at the box office, Tin Cup. I love Tin Cup. I love Tin Cup. Um... Each of these golf movies, though, has something that we've all kind of done on the course or or set on the course, right? Happy Gilmore, you know, everybody's tried to do the drive. Seven irons in, tin cup, come on, we, we've done that. I love tin cup. That's my favorite golf movie, so that gets number one. Yes, it's an upset right away in a draft. You know, if I'm drafted between tin cup and, and Happy Gilmore and, and Caddyshack, I'm on a desert island and I have to pick one sports movie from these categories – for, for my days on that island, and I've got Caddyshack, Happy Gilmore, Tin Cup. I'm taking Tin Cup. That's one that I can just sit there on repeat and watch it. I've done it before. I've done it before. So boxing, a little bit tough. It is a Rocky movie. But do I go Rocky 2 or Rocky 4? <sighs> this is a tough one. 
and I love Rocky Four, but I honestly think I might have to go Rocky Two. I might have to go Rocky Two in this one. Now, if you ask me again the next day, I'll probably say Rocky Four. This one really is a it's a toss up for me. Rocky Four is the most popular one. Rocky Two again, I think is gets a little underrated in terms of soundtracks. In turn, I mean, it's got drama, it's got suspense, it's got thriller, it's got you know comedy, it's got action. All the above is in Rocky Two. Everything's involved in Rocky Two, so I think I might have to go with that one just a little bit. But I do love Rocky Four. Love Rocky Four. Hockey. Everybody's gonna pick Miracle. I'm gonna pick Miracle. But I will say Mighty Ducks D2 was in the running on this, all right? D2. But I'm going Miracle uh, with this one. Uh, hoops. You know, if you think about it, what is – I thought – you know, I Googled it to make sure because I, I, I thought of a few basketball movies, Coach Carter, Hoosiers, Blue Chips, uh, Space Jam. But when it comes to, to hoops, there really isn't a lot of, like, all-time greats so to me it's between hoosiers and space jam but anybody who knows me i'm taking space jam you know that soundtrack oh yeah that's what that's why it's there so football movies any given sunday you've got remember the titans but for me i'm taking varsity blues taking varsity blues every day of the week varsity blues baseball's tough uh it's between field of dreams sandlot major league but I think for comedic purposes, and this is another one that I'm going to go back and forth on between Major League Sandlot, Field of Dreams. I mean, Sandlot was the movie I watched all the time when I was a kid. Major League has just got so many great liners in there. The Field of Dreams one is such a, a feel-good movie, feel-good story. <sighs> Screw it, I'm going Sandlot. I'm going Sandlot right there. That's that's my draft. So Tid Cup, Rocky Two, Miracle, Sandlot, Varsity Blues, Space Jam. Disagree with it? You all will disagree with it. I know you will. I know you all will. So, all right. Tell you what, we got uh, last segment of the podcast coming up here next. Opening fishing is coming up here, depending on what state uh, you're in. And if you're in the state of Wisconsin, a lot of you listening right now might be getting ready for that. But I got a little grind my gears thing to chat about that's coming up after the quick break hey we're just taking a quick time out to remind you to follow me on the socials on twitter facebook youtube and instagram remember it's casper with a k and once in a while i like to do a q a segment with you all so i'm always looking for questions hit me up with a message on facebook instagram or twitter with a question for an episode on the man cave podcast sports movies hobbies bigfoot it doesn't matter send those questions on over all right, so coming up this weekend, at least in the great state of Wisconsin here, we've got um, the opening fishing weekend, okay? And since this is since this is the, the Man Cave podcast, we talk about everything, outdoors, sports, movies, whatever the hell we want to talk about, right? So, but there's, you know, and I used to be a big-time fisherman. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize just how big in the fishing I used to be. I mean, Bill Dance loved Bill Dance Outdoors. Loved that show. I bought my fishing baits or fishing lures. Whatever Bill told me to to get, I was buying. 
spitting image, swimming image. Now that those were Excalibur lures, now they're uh, uh, produced by Hedden, 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 however you pronounce it. But you know, I had a bunch of those. I mean, I remember buying like the Walking Worm. You remember, like, I remember, like, during summer when we're off from school and you're at home, and I was watching, like, the Outdoor Channel or Outdoor Life Network, and they had, like, the Banjo Minnow. Does anybody remember the Banjo Minnow? Uh, the walking worm, the wa- the worm, like, after it was underwater, it would, like, curl by itself. Yeah, I bought all that stuff. I was huge into fishing, and I kept notebooks and with, like, weather conditions, what I caught, what I was using, date, time, all that. Bass fishing was my thing. And it it trailed off for a while, I'll be honest. I you know, I kinda got away from it. Getting back into it now. I want I don't know if I'll get to that level. I'm not keeping notebooks or anything like that, but I'm getting back into it uh, a whole lot more now. But there's like you know, there, there there's one thing. There's one thing that like I, I still don't quite get and I never was like this and granted I didn't really have any I didn't have a lot of decisions where I could go fishing. Like, I couldn't hop in my car, in my boat, and go do it. You know, I was kind of at the mercy of whoever was driving me at that time. So, but, like, when you, like, I, I'll just come out and say, fishermen have a problem giving up where they go. And I don't know why. You know, like, it's like they got this secret spot, right? You, you, you got your, and I know I'm going to, you know, piss off a lot of people listening right now. I get it. I'm going to piss off a majority of the the listeners on this pod so like all five of you listening right now four of you are probably going to get really pissed off at me right now but i don't understand this obsession to like really hold on to the lake or the river wherever the hell you're going to go fishing you don't tell anybody you don't want to give up your spot you don't want to give up your secret location and i'm just thinking i'm like you know how much damn water's out there Really? I mean, you probably have a certain spot or two on that huge body of water, yet you're so protective of that thing. You're so protective of where you go fishing, you won't even tell the person where, what body of water you're on. You won't do it. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, say it's Lake Holcomb. Lake Holcomb. Nah, I'm going somewhere. I'm not telling you, though. I mean, you can't, it's like the, it's like the movie Escanaba in the moonlight when, you know, Jeff Daniels character there, you know, and he's trying to figure out where he's going to hunt. His, his dad's hunting the swamp. His, uh, his brother's hunting the ridge and his brother's like, you know, I'm hunting the whole ridge. The, the ridge is like, what? 10 miles long. Well, I hunt the whole thing. That's how I hunt. It's like fishermen. It's like some of you right there. Yeah. I mean, the whole lake is your secret spot. Well, that's how I fish. <laughs> to me, it's kind of funny. I legit just, I, I don't, I'm not going to, I don't know where your secret spot, you got a secret spot on there, like, I don't give a crap. Don't tell me about that. Just tell me where you're going to go. I want to know where they're biting. I want to enjoy the catch and release, okay? I want to go out where the action is, right? I want to catch some fish. And you can't tell me where they're biting because you don't want that secret spot potentially found. The thing is, if you just tell me the lake, I ain't going to know where your secret spot is. You don't got to tell me where that secret spot is on that water. Just tell me where the damn fish are biting, okay? I need some help. I need some help. Where are they biting? Don't hold on to it. Now, if it's like this hidden gem that's like tucked into private land and it's landlocked, but you got a secret access to get to it, 
That's fine. I don't care. That hey, more power to you that you have the ability that you know somebody or you know how to get to it. 10-4, buddy. Good job. I got no problem. But when it's these big lakes or these big rivers, these big public access ones, and maybe there is, you know, some good action. No, no, no. I'm not telling you. Come on. That's ridiculous. That grinds my gears. But anyways, on that note, best of luck to anybody who is uh who is heading out to the waters to do a little fishing. I'm hoping to do it pretty darn soon here. I'm hoping to do it pretty darn soon here. So All right. Let's uh Yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the the podcast. Now remember um remember we're going to be doing two episodes a week. Okay? Tuesdays and Fridays is my goal. Two, every Tuesday and Friday, we are going to drop new episodes. Every Tuesday and Friday. Put that on your schedules, okay? So look forward to that later this week. And again, we're just going to we're going to open up the conversation to a lot of different stuff. If you have any um you know, any uh suggestions, topic suggestions, you want to throw me a Q&A. I love Q&As, okay? They could be the most random questions in the world. I love Q&As. Send me those Q&As over, okay? Find me on Twitter, social medias, Facebooks, Instagram. You'll you'll hear it at the end, or you'll probably heard it at one of the commercials during this thing. I love Q&As, so send those on over. All right, that's going to do it for this episode, though. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll chat with you next time. That's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Big thanks for checking out the podcast, whether you are a regular listener or a first-time listener. Hopefully you'll be back if you're that first-time listener. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, practically everywhere. And don't forget, give it a good rating like that five-star rating so other people can find the podcast as well. Special shout-out to Kyle Schaefer. He's our music guy. All the cool sounds and and music you hear on the podcast that's all from kyle schaefer if you're interested in some of his music follow him on twitter at phoenix underscore guy zero eight or email him schaefer that's s-c-h-a-f-e-r dot k-w at gmail.com until next time i'm dan casper and thanks again for checking out this episode of the man cave podcast